Hello, Scott Sharp. Good afternoon. How you going? I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well. I'm well awake as well. We want to find out why uh, rhubarb goes green and doesn't stay red. So if anyone out there knows that, please call in and tell us. Uh, we're going to talk about fruit fly. We're also going to talk about the most important plant in the world, coffee. Mm. Mm. And we'll find out what it's actually chai tea. Scott, what prize is up for grabs today? I don't think we mentioned that earlier. Oh, it's springy. It's tomato-y. I made a tomato bread roll for lunch yep. this morning. I had tomato on toast this morning. Let's give away some tomato plants. Good stuff. We're going to come back with your calls next, 49216216. 18 past midday as we do Gardening Talkback, and it's all thanks to our sponsor, Sharp City Gardener in Merriweather. And on the line, we've got Mick from up at Sunny Fern Bay. Mick, how can we help you today? Mickey, you're so fine. (laughs) (laughs) You blow our minds. Now tell us, how can we help you? I told you I was confused. Look, I've got, I think it's called a paper flower or a paper plant. Yes. Um... Can you grow them from a cutting? Okay, so uh, paper flowers, they're called rhodanthes. They're from Western Australia, and they're those beautiful little um, flowers. When you actually touch them, they go all crinkly in your hand, yeah, and they, they yeah, actually feel like one, paper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, they're probably best grown from seed, Mick, and you can buy them uh, just in a seed rack, uh, you know, at your ga- local garden centre, the right. seeds for them, and you can buy flowers already. Look, yeah. you could give it a try and try and yeah. grow them from cuttings. Yeah, uh, what, so, what it is, I've got a white one, yeah. and my mate's got a yellow one, Yes. and we're going to do a swap. Right, okay. But obviously so. I just thought I'd ring up and see if it did grow from cutting, but... Obviously, it's going to be difficult, so I'll be probably better off getting some seeds or or buying another plant. Look, if you can, but look, yeah. if you've got if it's a you know well-established plant, you might as well give it a try. Take a few cuttings off it, put it into some propagation mix uh, yeah. with some uh, rooting powder, yep. and uh, give it a go and see if it works for you. Yeah. Many, many thanks. Okay, thank you, Mick. <laughs> thanks, Mick. And a big hello to Brian in Valentine. Welcome to Gardening Talk Back. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Scott. How, How are we... we both? Very well. How can we help you, Brian? I look after my neighbour's gardens for us. She's an elderly neighbour, and she's got an avocado tree. Yes. Now, I'm guessing it's around five years old. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely, like every year, covered in blossom. Mm-hmm. Yet it only bears a few fruit. You might get two, ten... A dozen. Uh, that, that's it. Compared to the size of the tree and the amount of blossom, is there anything I can do to encourage it to fruit more or uh, to just that type of thing? Yeah, look, welcome to the, the weird and wonderful world of the avocado tree, <laughs> Brian. Uh, ah. Yeah, look, they can take, I've heard them that they can take up to nine years to actually fruit, and I certainly oh. had one next to me oh. uh, when I lived down at the junction. Uh, and it was a very, very mature tree, and eventually it died in the Pashabalka storm. I think it just got waterlogged, but it never fruited. In fact, I looked at it, you know, every time I was putting out the washing and wondered to myself if it actually was an avocado yeah. tree because there was nothing on it. But So if you grow an avocado from seed, uh, it takes quite some time for it to fruit, and it can be a, num- a number of years. Now, yeah. it may be that the plant that your neighbour's got is actually a uh, grafted one, so that's why it's um, starting to fruit after five years. Yeah. But the thing to do is to, of course, get some potash, yep. uh, mix that up in the watering can and water it into the general area, into the drip line of the plant. That will improve the uh, the fruiting and flowering of the plant. So if those flowers are, are dropping off easily and yeah. when the plant's getting stressed, it will improve that, strengthen them, and you should get a lot better fruiting out of it. Yeah. But look, uh, it, it could just be the weird and wonderful world. Yeah, 
yeah. of avocado, but it has fruited, so we know that. And yep. Lily, and that's my neighbour, has actually eaten them. She said they're beautiful. Oh, oh yeah, excellent. Yeah. Dro- drop some so, around. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't cost her, you know, four dollars an avocado, which is even better. That <laughs> <laughs> so depends how much the potash is going to cost, isn't it? <laughs> and you know, whatever any avocado you buy at the shop, someone's already squeezed it about five or six times before you yeah. have to find out if it's ripe or not. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And how long has it been sitting there before we start squeezing it, if you know what I mean? Well, yeah. that's, that's true. It might have yeah. come out of the fridge and then yeah. it's, you know, squeezed by... My, my little boy's actually fantastic at finding them. He squeezed one the other day and the end sort of popped off, so he found oh. just the perfect consistency oh. of avocado. Maybe yeah. he's got the right little hand. He does. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, right. Brian. Thank you. Great job, both of you. Thank you. Taking your calls today on 49216216, talking about avocados and potentially taking nine years from the time you plant them to when you get some avocados. Yes. We're giving away a tomato plant. Now, that's very different. How long does it take to get tomatoes once you plant a tomato plant? Oh, I'd like to draw a parallel and say about nine weeks, and it's probably pretty close, but you'll get a a tomato off your uh, tomato plant after about five or six weeks. That's great. So it's almost instant gratification. That's my kind of plan. I don't like to wait too long, you know. Oh, I'm I'm exactly like that. (laughs) Five or six weeks I can absolutely do. Uh, We're going to go now to, I think we've got, is this Worry? Laurie, yeah. Oh, Laurie. Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Laurie, how are you going? We've got a W Not in front of bad. your name. Um, I was just doing a bit of work around home and I heard the gentleman on the, the phone about the avocado tree. Yes. And we had a very similar problem. We bought this place in Acadia Vale and the avocado never ever fruited for us. And I bumped into this um, old lady one day and she said to me, look, I think your avocado trees are getting sunburned on the western side. And she told me to, to strap some um, hessian around the, the western side of the tree, and the next year we had fruit. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So lucky? Just and, yeah, you so, might. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we, we get um, massive avocados dropping off the tree, and we, we actually give them to our neighbours and, and whatever else because we can't keep up with them. Oh, fantastic. Look, it might have been you strapped it on on the eighth year and then yeah, on the ninth year. It, <laughs> could, <laughs> look, it, it could well be, but... Um, no, we had the property for, um, uh, it's a very mature tree. It's yeah. probably, oh, uh, eight metres tall. And um, it was that way when we bought the property and never, ever got any oh, fruit okay. for five years. Okay. And um, So have you got any secrets um, for the one that worked? Any tips you want to share? Yeah. Um, no, obviously <laughs> um, last year. We had a very lean year, but then again, we had uh, that very large wind about this time, and 90% of the blossoms uh, fell off the tree, and so I'm I'm assuming that that's naturally going to do the job, and and you won't get as much fruit. Okay, well, that's good stuff. Yeah, thank you, Laurie. That's great. We're going to go now to Brian in Long Jetty. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Brian. Hi. um, Do you like sugar plums? Sugar plums? Mm, Yeah. Yes. I love them. Now, I'm trying, I'm trying to strike them from the, from the seeds. You know, you get the, the, the kernel inside. Yes. Is that possible or is it impossible? Uh, no, no, it, it's possible, but you, when you strike from seed, the chances are you're going to get a different plant and it's not going to fruit uh, as quickly as if you get a grafted one or one taken from cutting. Really? Yes. Oh, 
Oh, okay. No, not a different, oh. not a different, different plant. It's not like you know you you put your sugar plum in and you get a <laughs> you know an avocado or a, you know a western red cedar or something like that, for instance. But yeah, the the way plants work is if you want a, the ex, an exact replica of the plant that you've found, then you take a cutting and that will give you an exact replica of that plant. Uh, but if you put seed, it's just natural variation. That's how we all came about, and you know how we're all different. You know how. One of us has got red hair and one of us has got, you know, grey silvering hair, for instance. <laughs> no, that's just old age, Scott. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to have, even if I do strike one, it's not going to be a, um, a good fruiting tree or anything. It could be. That's the luck of the draw. It's, uh, ah. Yeah, it, it really is. It's like taking a ticket in lotto. You don't know what's going to happen. You could win the million or you, you just might not. So you could get a good, you could get a good fruiting tree. To, to get a strike with them, I've got them in a, a little pot with um, um, very rich um, uh, potting mix and a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Will that do it? Uh, look, yes. Usually when you're taking a cutting, you don't want it in a very uh, heavy and wet mix. No, this you... is just a seed. Oh, okay. So even, even with a seed, you always try and put it into a seed-raising mix or a propagation mix. Those mm -hmm. mixes are designed so that they drain a lot more freely so that the seed's not there getting all you know sodden and wet and eventually rots away. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's best if you're going to take cuttings or uh, grow seeds, you always go and get a proper mix to uh, make that work. Thanks, Brian. We'll be taking more of your calls next on 49216216 with Gardening Talk Back. Have we got Connie there from Bolton Point? You have. <laughs> Hello, Connie. Any, uh, how's the shark situation going out there in Lake Macquarie at the oh, moment? Oh, yes, I just read that in the paper. That's <laughs> terrifying, isn't it? I was just showing Sarah the huge picture of the one down on the central coast. It's massive. <laughs> I think I had a heart yeah, attack just looking just, at the picture. just warned our grandchildren not to go swimming. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, how, yes. how can we help? We can help you with sharks, but, and we can also help you with plants. Well, I've got a problem with a camellia. Yes. It was absolutely gorgeous last year. But this year, the leaves are turning a bottly gold flax all over it. Yes. And the flowers are going brown and mushy and falling off. Okay. So with it, your camellia, is it one of the large-leaf japonicas or one of the smaller-leaf sasanquas? It's, it's quite a tall tree, or tall. It's about six foot high, and yes. it's, a, it's a slow grower. Uh, okay. So it's probably one of the japonicas in that case. I think so. So, look, now, japonicas can get a, a, a disease called tea mite on them. And, and when you see the leaf, it looks like a sort of a, uh, sort of a, a motley sort of, um, you know, like someone's spring, sprinkling it with um, dust, like fairy dust almost, but it's not fairy dust because it's actually quite nasty for the plant. Yeah, yeah. that's right, like a gold fleck all over Yes, that's it. So you've, you've got tea mite on there. Now, unfortunately, the leaves that have been damaged and have that gold fleck all over them now, they won't come back. They've, they've been damaged. The only thing you can really do now is use a product called either Eco Oil or Insect and Mite Killer and spray that all over the plant and tr actually try and protect uh, the, all the new growth that's coming on. So these uh, little these, these, Eco Oil, is it? Yes, Eco Oil or, or Insect and Mite Killer. These little mites just get blown around by the wind. So, look, it's not your fault. Don't, don't worry about it. It could just come from the neighbours or somewhere else. It's, it's the neighbours' fault. Blame the neighbours. Neighbors. <laughs> How about that? I'm now next to it and I'm hoping it won't affect it. Does it go from one plant to the next? Look, mites can. They're just blown around by the wind, but the tea mite uh, it usually attacks the camellia plant. So you need to go and spray it with one of those products and yep. try and get, get that under control. Uh, yep. You probably have to do it two or 
or three times to keep it under control. And do I need to cut the part out that's affected? Yes, look, that, that's one way to do it. If it is affected, you can give it a prune and try and get rid of that because it's never really going to come good again, that part. And then you'll get some new growth coming out from there. And if you keep on spraying that, you'll keep that, uh, you know, from being harmed. Um, and I've got little little ones coming up underneath everywhere. Would they be any good to sort of try and grow them? Oh, well, so they sound like they're just seeds that have dropped down to the ground and they're growing themselves. Yep. So, look, if you, if you think you can dig those little seedlings out, um, you can certainly move those around the yard. Um, and or give them to friends if you want to, and uh, let them, uh, you know. And they sp- should be okay. Yeah, they they should be fine. Yeah, you'll get. Okay. Um, uh, thank you very much. Thanks very That's much Connie. for your help. That's Thanks, right. Connie. We've got a free line if you've got a question for Scott four nine two one six two one six. Another thing that's a bit of a pest at the moment: fruit fly. Would I be right in saying? Yes, they don't bite as hard as sharks do, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> their teeth aren't as big. <laughs> thank goodness for that. <laughs> But they can be quite destructive to our plants. They, they can be. Uh, look, fruit flies are a really damaging uh, insect to get in your garden. And look, again, it might not be your fault to just blame the neighbours again because they, if you, they can come you know, from next door, they can come from all over the neighbourhood and come in and attack your plants. And one of the, the worst things you can do is leave fruit rotting on the ground. Mm. Tomatoes, lemons, all of those things, plums, stone fruit, they love getting into those. So if you've got a sort of a recalcitrant neighbour who's not doing the right thing, I'm really hammering the neighbours today, aren't You I? are. Yeah. You're going to start some fights i can oh, feel yeah, it yeah uh then then it can really be a problem for you so there's a couple of things you can do and look the best thing to do again is try and keep that fruit off the ground yourself and don't let it rot uh but there are some products there's uh searle's fruit fly trap uh, that will actually attract the males from up to uh, 500 meters away uh you just have to replace the wick uh, every three months with that but it should keep the um the the fruit fly under control there's also Sarah trap which brings the both the males and the females because um, it's got this unique smell of protein-based uh, solution. It's organic, so it's nice and safe to use. It doesn't contain any pesticides. And so the uh, male fruit fly requires protein to become sexually active. I'm leaving that completely alone. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm just going to do that. And the females need constant protein to continue laying their eggs as well. So if they're getting, they get lured in by the smell of the protein, and then the, obviously the insecticides in there, and it kills them stony dead. Um, yeah, so that's a couple of ways to keep uh, the fruit fly under control. Uh, gets bad uh, later on with tomato time. Uh, and look, some people come in and they say that the fruit fly has been stinging their tomatoes even when the tomato is green on the uh, on the vine. So you have to be getting in nice and early to try and keep the fruit fly under control. So be vigilant. Absolutely. Yeah, that's best. Len in Stockton, how can Scott help you today with the garden? Uh, good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Very well. How can we help you over there on the peninsula? Okay, mate. <laughs> I've got buffalo grass. Yep. And uh, for some reason I'm starting to get patches of uh, very small clover. Yes, um, how do I get rid of that? Do I, do I spray it with the, the bindi stuff? Or Yes, look, you, you will have to spray it with the bindi stuff. There's a couple of products, Buffalo, Master, Bindi. Um, the, the main thing to do is go to your garden centre, um, grab the chemical or ask someone, turn it over and make sure that it's safe to use on buffalo lawns. There are some products out there um, which you can't use on, on buffalo lawns. There's a, a hose on weed and feed, for instance, that, that you can't use on buffalo lawns, so you have to be very careful. Uh, because, Len, if you go and spray it all over your lawn, it'll actually kill your, your buffalo yeah. or set it backwards. So uh, It's only sort of in a, in a patch, but I have sprayed it with bindi before, and I've had, um, as soon as the bindi's come up, I spray it, and it doesn't, it doesn't affect the buffalo grass, so I take it that that will spray the 
clover and it should be all right. Yeah, it, it will do. Um, also, uh, don't do it, uh, you know, don't mow for five days, um, you know, beforehand because you want the leaves to be sitting up there yep. uh, for the uh, product to actually settle on and burn away. And then usually you don't mow for a few days after as well. But on the okay. packaging, it should say all of that. Um, okay, and well, do, thanks do, for that. Do all, your, do all your lawn as well, Len. Just don't do the patches you can see because okay. there could be seeds spread around waiting to come up. Good. Thank you very okay, much. Okay. Thank you. Hello to you, Charlie in Swansea. How can we help you? Yeah, look, I've got a similar problem to your last caller. Buffalo lawn, which has been very good, but the last this season and last year has been invaded by a native iris, mm-hmm. which is really strong. I mean, I don't mind the native iris, but so what do I do? Uh, that's a difficult one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a really difficult one. Uh, the only way to, to try and get rid of that is probably do the old trick that I've spoken about a number of times, and that's to get uh, you know your glove, your rubber glove, and then your cotton glove, and some zero on that. Your sunglasses on your noggin, so you don't. Oh, stick... mate! <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, uh, so because... just just paint the bloody thing each loop. Yeah, yeah, individually. There's nothing that's going to selectively go through there and get. No, rid... that's all right. Yeah, no, that's no, that's that's the main problem. That. Yeah. So. Um... Oh, do you not what you wanted to hear then, that's Charlie? Right. I, don't mind the, I don't mind the native iris, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm Thanks, sorry mate. about that, Charlie. Cheers. Thank you. That's okay. Cheers, bye. We're taking your calls today, 49216216. Ready, rhubarb. What can you tell us, Scott? I want someone to tell me about rhubarb. <laughs> oh, do you? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure um, at least one or two of our listeners can. Oh, look, it's a common problem. And, and no matter where you look up to try and find, you know, why does rhubarb turn green? And because people often, you know, they know they've bought red rhubarb crowns, uh, but then they'll turn green. Some of the ideas, you know, don't use um, fresh manure because it's too acidic. Um, and that has turned, you know, will make it go green. Uh, I've heard that one. I've also heard about... Um, Growing your uh, rhubarb in a shadier spot, uh, that keeps could keep it red. Okay. Uh, I'm interested to hear any old-fashioned um, remedies All right. people might have. So if you've got any advice for our gardener today, Ooh, let yeah. us know. 49216216. Now, this is a bit of a funny one. Nola in Woodville, you're not sure if your plants are dead or not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I planted um, oh, about 10 cascade lily pillies um, about... May, yes, that in May, and we got um, really bad frosts, yes. and we got that terrible wind as well in yes. June. And two of them are fine, but the others look like they're pretty dead. But when you touch the the um, stems and branches, they're still quite pliable. Yes. They're not snapping; they're a bit green inside, but there's no leaves at all. Okay. Just wondering whether I should just rip them out and start again, or what do I do? Okay, so Nola, first what you do is you get you have to go into your cupboard or somewhere, and you get like a white gown, and then you yep. get a stethoscope oh, <laughs> to find out if you <laughs> go to your plants, <laughs> and we're going to find out if they're dead or not. No, the best thing to do you can still wear the white gown. Don't worry about the stethoscope, but go get a, a, some secateurs from the um, from the shed. Yep, and uh, just start at the top of the plant and s- start snipping into the into the branches of the plant. Mm-hmm. So start at the top. If it's brown there, well, keep on going a little bit further down, and keep on going down until you find out where it's green. And right. if, the, if the plant's still green inside, 
continue watering it and it's spring and hopefully it will come to life. So go around and then prune all of that dead wood out and prune it down to where it's green. That will actually promote some growth out of the plant as well and try and sort of Mm -hmm. shock it into coming back to life. Don't worry about fertiliser or anything like that. They're natives. Uh, Right, that was my next question. Yeah, you have to be very careful about fertilising natives. Usually a specific native fertiliser, there's uh, Martin's Advance Plus, uh, there's mm-hmm. bounce backs, uh, or you can choose plain old blood and bone, very safe to use. But the yep. main thing to do is get those secchies, go down and sort of um, trim down to try and find out where it's green. And if it's not, if you know you're still trimming down and all of a sudden you know you've just found dirt below your secateurs, mm-hmm. uh, it is time mm-hmm. to pull them out and start again. Okay. okay. Good, Good advice. advice. <laughs> Thanks, Nola. Thank We're taking your calls on 49216216. We'll be back in just a minute with James from Madawi. It's Jimmy Jones, Handyman, to NURFM 16 to 1 as we do Gardening Talk Back. Thanks to our sponsor, Sharp City Gardener in Merriweather. And I believe we've got Jimmy or James from up at Madawi on the phone. Hello, James. How are you going? Oh, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. That's how you sound like a man with disappointment in your voice. <laughs> it's the garden, isn't well, it? Well, here we go. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to be crying on your shoulder, but maybe uh, you might sort of help me. Um, look, it's to do with... Uh, um, uh, spraying for beer bindis mm-hmm. and um, I actually did the spraying last week and uh, I used bindi yes I read the uh, instructions carefully yes um, but I'm noticing that it wasn't successful and I'm sorry to say the bindis have gone to seed and I'm well, quite disappointed and oh. the reason why I'm ringing is not just to cry on your shoulder but just <laughs> Maybe you can point out what I've, what I've done wrong so that I won't do that again next year. Right. So had, when did you uh, spray? Uh, it was last week, at least um, seven or eight days ago. Right, okay. And I used Bindi and, um, you know, I've followed the instructions um, and um, the instructions says, actually that's a little bit um, confusing because the instruction says <clears throat> 30 mils. Yes. To, uh, and this is the part that is really quite um, annoying. It says um, in, in water, 5 to 10 litres. I mean, that's a big, um, uh, you know, range, 5 to, to 10 litres, 30 mils. Okay. So I thought, well, okay, I'll be safe, and I'll put, um, you know, somewhere around about 30 mils for about 8 litres. Mm-hmm. I've got a backpack that holds 12 litres. So I sort of um, added to it. Um, So I put about 40 mils, thinking, well, that should be okay for 12 litres. All right, James, let's see if we can help you here. Yeah, so look, um, that, it, it, look, you're right, James, and I've, I've read that on the packaging as well and thought to myself, yes, that is a big range. Um, but look, that's what is on the, on, the, on the packaging. And as I said last week, what is on the packaging is actually equivalent to the law of using that chemical. Uh, so look, I guess if you're worried, you should always, you know, err and just do it, you know, as, as strong as, you know, they recommend on there, which would be into the uh, 30 mils in five litres of water. Now, unfortunately, even when you spray... The plant keeps on growing for a little while. It's not like, you know, it's it's not bang and, and the plant and the, and the weed's dead straight away there in the lawn. It keeps on growing. So if you've left it just that little bit too long and you spray, then it's going to keep on growing and you might get it going to seed in that time. So that's unfortunate that's happened to you. Uh, the best thing to do is get out nice and early as soon as you think there's bindi in the lawn and then spray it so that you've got that, you know, that, that period of that grace time before it actually goes to seed. Uh, because, yeah, look, unfortunately spraying doesn't actually 
kill it stone dead. Good advice. We'll be back with more calls in just a minute on 49216216. It's 10 to 1 and we are doing Gardening Talk back with our gardener, Scott Sharp. And all the way up to Cessnock, David, we hope you might have uh, a lifeline for us, David, on the rhubarb. Hello, Scott. How are you? Very well, mate. How can we help you with the rhubarb? No, you can't help me. Oh. I might be able to help you. My <laughs> grandfather used to grow rhubarb. Yep. And to keep your rhubarb nice and red, he used to put ash, wood ash around the rhubarb ah. out of the fire. I know. I read that as well uh, yesterday, and I think that's got something to do. It must be uh, you don't want it to be too acidic. Yeah, it keeps the um, it keeps the soil at a at a uh, is it a neutral level? Yes, that must be it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the that's the secret, buddy. Okay, we're on the trail, and thank you very much for that, David. Yeah, appreciate your call, and would love to hear from you. Four nine two one six two one six. We still have time to squeeze in some more calls before one o'clock. And Caroline in Warners Bay, you're having some troubles with your patio patio line. Yes, that's right. Um. It's, Do explain. It's, it's probably, yeah, patio, well, patio lime is what we think it was called. Um, it's not, it grew quite well, but then the leaves started to turn yellow and they dropped off. Right, okay. Uh, um, now, and it's just sticks, but um, now it's starting to get like little little bubbles and I think that's like blossom coming out on it. That sounds right. Now, look, we, we there's need... Not a, there's not a leaf on the bush. Look, we need to address one one thing before we go on. Um, Sarah's very highfalutin. She said uh, patio then. I always get paid out for being a bit <laughs> Kath and Kim because I say patio instead of patio and my family give it to me. So now I just do it for fun. Oh, oh. It's, it's all spelt the same way. Yeah, I've got a bit of bogan in me. Oh. <laughs> There's a slight plum in the voice as well, though, when you said it. Ooh, patio line. <laughs> Yes, look, so what's probably happened with your patio lime is that uh, it's probably dried out, and that's why it's lost its leaves, um, Carolyn. Right, uh, right. Because anything, is... anything in a pot, is, it's just going to... You have, you have got it in a pot, haven't you? Yeah, it's yeah. in a tub. It's in a half a cast, yeah. <laughs> so, look, anything in a pot's always going to dry out. Once you start getting winds and things, it, it dries plants out very quickly. Right. Um, they're also very heavy feeders. The, the other thing is if it's... On the veranda, and I'm using the word veranda there rather than patio, <laughs> just so we can get away from that. Yes. Um, you look outside and you think it's raining and you think, oh, all my plants must be getting wet as well. But chances are if it's in under the, in under the eaves or in under the cover, it's not going to get much of a, a water. And, and when the air's cool, you know, we've come out of winter, yes, um, you know, yes, you're yes. thinking, oh, you know, everything's all right. How could it possibly need a drink? But they do. The first thing they're going to do is drop all their leaves. Yes, and then okay. the, the second thing they're going to do is when it, if it's still alive, when it comes around to flowering time, it's going to try and set up some flowers to set up some fruit so that it can drop its fruit. The seeds will go down into the soil and it will reproduce. Okay. Now, is there any particular... Should I feed it now? What, no, or, I wouldn't... Or just Keep watering it? Yeah, or? I would definitely keep watering it. In fact, what I would do is probably just go and pick a lot of those flowers off there at this point in time. You don't oh. want it putting energy into the flowers. You want it putting it back into the leaves now. Oh, yes. So yes. water, water, water. Yes. And then in you know once you start getting some leaves on there and they've hardened up a little bit, then it's time to go and give it a nice slow-release fertiliser. Oh, then, okay. And then yep. make sure you keep up the watering, rain, hail or shine. Thanks, Carolyn. And we do have time for one or two more calls. We've got a free line, 49216216. 
politics as we have a quick look at 2NURFM's weather update. Thanks to our sponsor, New Tech Pavers Rutherford, for natural stone and concrete pavers. Looking gorgeous outside, partly cloudy, and it's going to remain like that for the rest of the afternoon. And we're in for some sunny days to come, which is the good news. Now, Scott, uh, there's another African violet show on which people love to go to this time of year. That they are. African violets, fantastic plant, good little indoor plant, uh, very nice as a gift as well. Uh, the African, the Hunter Valley African Violet Society, uh, this Sunday the 28th, uh, it's my brother's birthday, believe it or not, uh, at the Adamstown Club at 2pm, we might take him along. I'm sure he he would love to do. Is he a gardener as well? He is. We'll, we'll, well go and do that. Go. We'll have a, um, a countalash, a nice schnitty there, and uh, we'll check out <laughs> really the African violets. Really spoil violet. him, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but look, you go along there, fantastic. The plants are like dinner plates. You could eat a schnitzel off the uh, African violets. They're that big. Uh, a great place to go and have a look at uh, those fantastic indoor plants. And on the line, we've got Faye from Downing Caves Beach. Hello, Faye. Yes. How can we help you? I just want to know when would be the correct time to fertilise my lawn, please. Faye, you've rung up at the correct time because it is the correct time to fertilise your lawn right now. I wish we had bells or something that could go off like someone had won a prize because they rung up at the right time. But look, Faye, if you'd fertilised your lawn, you know, two or three weeks ago, yeah. uh, it would have been a little bit too early because it's, it's cold, the lawn hasn't really started growing. Right. And so you put the fertiliser on the lawn and you start hosing and it just drains down through the soil. So now that right. it's all started growing and everything's come back to life, it's the perfect time to go out and fertilise. Isn't it a magic time? I love this time of the year. It is. And down mm. at Caves Beach, it must be even magica. It is. <laughs> More magical. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all magic up here. I've just actually had a week away at Colburn and the Hunter and I've lived here for quite a few years and I've never been there and it is beautiful oh, up there. That's fantastic. Thank mm. you for that, Faye. We're going to go now to Chris in Maryville. Chris, can you turn your radio down? Okay, that's that's horrible. <laughs> Chris, if you're listening, can you please turn your radio down so we can help you with your oxalas because you know you've got a question about that. Chris, are you there? Yep. Hi. All right, fire away. How you doing? Um, I just got a major growth of what, what looks like oxalis or something similar, very fine, small, like ground cover stuff on a buffalo lawn. I wonder how to treat it. Yes, yeah, so uh, look, we, we were talking to uh, one of the guys earlier on. The only thing you can really use for that is uh, this product called Buffalo Master or there's Bindi. Uh, don't mow yep. your lawn and go and spray um, all over it with five days uh, before rain. Excellent advice there. I think that's just about time. Before we go, though, we've got to give away our tomato plant. Who do you want to give that away to today, Scott? You always do this to me, and I haven't actually made up my mind, so I have to do the old pencil down on the paper trick. Let's give it to Len from Stockton. Over there in the peninsula, he had a problem with his buffalo grass as well. Oh, he was very upset, wasn't he? Because yeah, he yeah. had bindies. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go, Len. At least you can have bindies and a tomato plant. There we go. Something to smile about. Now, Scott, we will have you back same bat time next week. Absolutely. I'll have even a little cape on if you'd like. Please do. Okay. Looking forward <laughs> to it. We've got the local news on the way next.